be in Proverbs 17 if you want to turn there. Um, pretty good at trying to get fired about everything I do. So we're supposed to do a whole chapter, and I just I couldn't get there to do a whole the whole chapter of it. To be honest with you, it was a little bit of a learning curve for me. I've taught enough, and uh, but the Proverbs, just like going through it, I just like it was just different. And um, but I, I was listening to some guys that I that I study under and. And um, and I kind of just thought, you know what? I think I think maybe this is where the Lord's leading me. So um, I'm not going to name some names, but the big tall guy, <laughs> if he no names, you guys don't point at it. But if he uh, has a problem that I'm only doing three verses and that's a bunch of them, take it up with the Lord because I think this is what the Lord said. To <laughs> or I don't know if I should stamp that on that. Take that with <laughs> Okay. So, yeah. Maybe it'll be short and sweet. Maybe not. I'm full air. Um, but, uh, yeah, we're not going to we're not gonna mass through the whole thing. I think, in all seriousness, um, every word of it is God's word, and every word of it is important in every verse. And I think we're um, kind of, we've been going through Proverbs, and as I read it, I think a lot of this stuff is kind of, it's kind of covering itself, and it's covering itself again, which is amazing and good, and we need that. But um, that's a lot of it. I think we can, I think we can take some good points out of this and make a study out of a couple verses. In verses, just instead of just mashing out a whole chapter. Either way is great, but that's how we'll do it this um, this evening. And so, you guys, I'll bet you probably somebody that's taught before me here in the park has maybe even um, read something like this to you, but. I, I started out when I was studying this week, in the front of my Bible, it, it just kind of gives a breakdown of each book. And so a little piece of this, I think it would be good every chapter we started in to remind ourselves. And so I'm going to read it to you. And so it's the book of Proverbs, and it says the key word in Proverbs is wisdom. The ability to live life skillfully, a godly life in an ungodly world, however, is no simple assignment. Proverbs, uh, Proverbs provides God's detailed instructions for His people to deal successfully with the practical affairs of everyday life. How to relate to God, parents, children, neighbors, and government. I think that's a good thing to get started as we as we dive into it every single week to remember what what we're talking about and. And I think it's it's also an easy takeaway as we go through Proverbs to realize that it's about wisdom, right? It's, it's God's Word here telling us how to live our lives. And so, if we're honest with each other, we all need we need we need wisdom all the time, constantly. Like the Lord is faithful to remind us how unwise we are. And I don't know about you guys, but for me, it's always right at the moment when I'm telling myself I'm pretty smart. <laughs> and it's funny because I'm out on a ranch by myself most of the time, and I get to doing that, thinking, man, I did a pretty good job today. That, that went so smooth, it was amazing. And he never fails. Boom! Bomb goes off, and something, something goes south. And in that moment, praise God, he's given me the mind to be obedient enough to say, you know what, I, I need to hit down a notch. Because by myself out here in the middle of nowhere, I was thinking I was a pretty big deal, and I was so smart. But it's good, though, because I need to get rid of my wisdom, and I need to replace it with God's wisdom, right? God's wisdom is what separates us from 
is the wisdom from God. Biblical wisdom, not worldly wisdom. Wisdom when challenges arise. Okay? Conflict, right? Conflict is confident in our lives. doesn't matter what it looks like, little, big, just conflict is constant and it's always going to be there until we are with glory with Jesus and um, it's just constant so how do we respond to the conflict how do we respond with biblical wisdom when these kinds of things arise and and things happen do we apply the words from God that he gives us this book um, do we apply those or after we read teach or learn today or after we read tomorrow morning will we apply this stuff or will it just go in one ear and out the other and will we enjoy maybe a sermon or a reading in the moment and then when the world comes will we forget about it well hopefully we just dig in and we press in and we we get to this spot of wisdom of relying on the lord and not relying on ourselves so i think it's helpful to think back maybe before we knew Jesus maybe you know I don't know everybody's story but that's a, that's a good one for me because I had most of my life not knowing Jesus and so when I think back on that and I think back before I knew Jesus and how I handled things there was, nothing was handled with wisdom never with this guy and uh, everybody that knows me from my past would, would agree and, and say that's true um but it's good to think about. How do we handle stress? How do we handle marriage? How do we handle children? How do we handle family, friends? How do we handle work? How do we handle strangers? Okay, so that stuff should be changing. As we sit here as Christians, as we proclaim Christ as our Lord, and that we believe His Word and we we maybe desire and or do dig into his word, does it look different from before? In my life, and God gets every inch of that glory and credit. Every inch of it. Because that's another thing that anybody that has known me prior to me knowing Jesus knows that nothing could have changed Joe Papanaw but Jesus Christ. Nothing. The law tried, people tried, parents tried, family members, Nothing. So do we handle these things now that we're, we're Christians and now we um, we, we want to know Christ and we want to know Him deeper? Do we handle our situations, all those things I just listed out? Do we handle it with biblical wisdom? Again, God's left His book for us. His words. His words. To help us understand that, help us do that, help us think correctly. God has left us and given us pastors and elders and uh, scholars and all these amazing people to speak into our lives and to teach us and to bounce ideas off of after we just soak in the word ourselves and and see what the Lord brings to our hearts and then we go and we and we share that with our with the with the church with the body right God gave us all that to get this this biblical godly wisdom God God did that strategically and it worked. And what that does is it challenges challenges us to lean on Him. To lean on Him in faith. 
to be humble. We have to be humble or we can't do these things that we're about to talk about. That's the truth. And we have to do that so that we that we trust in God and not in our own uh, I got a mess of stuff here, guys. So that we don't trust so that we trust in God and not in our own understanding. The wind is <laughs> stuff up here. <laughs> so yeah, we're good. Okay. <laughs> so again, so that's um, that's the idea, right? So that we don't lean on the power of our own understanding, because the truth is, is there is no power there. It can't bear the weight. Okay, but through God's wisdom and understanding, we can bear the weight because of the faith. Of his promises to us. That's how we can bear the weight of understanding why things happen while they're happening. Use my belly to hold the page. Okay. So if we think about this, this topic that we're talking about, and not leaning on our own understanding. Um. We see like non-believers or anybody who just puts on the Christian suit, it doesn't take long to see that they lean on their own understanding and, the, and they can't bear it. Eventually, they can't bear that understanding. They Eventually, they fall apart. Not that us as Christians don't fall apart at times. Don't hear that. But, again, as we grow and learn to grow in Jesus... We're getting, gaining ground on this understanding and being picked back up. But the, the world, they don't, they don't get that. They don't see that when they're not choosing Christ. It eventually will collapse around them. Their understanding is what I'm talking about. So let's get into it in verse 1 of chapter 17. It says, Better is a dry morsel with quietness than a house full of feasting with strife. Okay, what that's talking about is being poor and content versus rich and the conflict that comes with that. When your eyes are on things of the world and what comes along with you're not you're you're actually not content. And so in our homes, you know, what does that look like? Are we are we chasing these things of the world? Is our is our hoyer, our, our is our house just a busy place and just noisy and busy and crazy all the time? Where we have no time to concentrate and reflect on the Lord? Or is it, do we have times in our house? Now don't get me wrong, a lot of us here are parents and it is crazy all the time and busy. But are we making times for it to be quiet and our home to be, our home to be a sanctuary? So that we can plug in, we can search out the Lord, we can read His Word, we can pray. There's a lot of, when we're just, the Bible talks about, you know, just being busybodies and how that's not good. And that's what that's what we're talking about here, of, of the fact that our mind is taken away from focusing on the Lord and His truths when we're just busy about the world, with the world. 
it's much better to be poor and to not have these things, but be rich in the Lord. You would, each and every one of us, we can't, this is God's word that says it, so like, you can't, we wouldn't be able to deny it, that we, if we are rich in the Lord, we are, we'll absolutely be more content with less, the things of the world, if we have less. And especially here in America, that's hard to get our minds around, but it's true. You know, I think of um, a cousin of mine, and the Lord just really been working on his heart, and I, and I can tell it. And he honestly has said some things to me that most people that are on the fence or maybe even, you know, like the idea of, the, of God, but don't really dive in. Like this guy, he... Uh, he recognizes it better than anybody I've ever talked to, anybody I've ever evangelized to. One day he said to me, we hunt together, and, and uh, it was, I can tell when he wants to talk about the Lord because nobody's around, and you can tell he's like, sits next to me, hey, okay, talk to me about Jesus, you know what I mean? And, and it's awesome, and and, uh, and I get that growing of, you know, when you're not wanting to talk about it in front of other non-believers because uh, there's some people we hunt with that aren't, and um, anyways... Just the guy, the Lord is working on his heart. One day he said to me, he said, Joe, I know if I do not change, I'm going to hell. And I'll never forget that because there's so many, and I'm, and I'm not trying to stereotype and say who is, who isn't, because only God knows, so hear that. But the truth of the fact is, is there are so many people that play Christian on Sundays or maybe play Christians, you know, here and there, and they say they love the Lord and these things, and they miss what that guy, my cousin, that they miss that. He's like he humbled himself enough to know, and the Lord is working on where he could say out loud, "If I don't change, Joe, I know I'm going to hell." Now, does he still have choice in that? Where he's choosing to not change, absolutely. But pray for him, and hopefully, the Lord will get him to a place of understanding now. But in that same conversation, he said to me, getting back to the point, he said. Joe, what changed you? And we'd already talked about my testimony stuff, and so it was more of a question of, like, how do you stay changed? Because every hunt season, he brings it up, and, and we talk about the Lord, and I can tell he's set on fire, and he'll, be, he'll tell us, he'll send me a text and say he watches Calvary Chapel online and love the sermon and this and that. And then, like, like all things, without fellowship and without each other and without leadership, it just drifts away, and then it kind of goes cold. And so that was more of the question to me that, that in that moment of like, Joe, how do you stay the way you are? Like, how did you stay loving Jesus? And, um, and, uh, uh, I forgot what I was going to say. He said, oh, darn it, it's leaving me. So he said, um, I don't want to miss this. He said, you know, what, what, oh, that's what it was. I'm sorry. So he said, you know, what changed you? And, and again, he was meaning like, how do you stay changed? And I told him, and it goes along with this, is that I said, you know, to be honest with you, and I was, I was just like in the moments when I'm talking to him, I'm just praying like, Lord, I got to have something powerful. It's going to knock his socks off to change his life because he wants to. He knows he's going to hell and he takes that serious enough at times where he will say it out loud and um, I was like Lord let me say something so amazing and the only thing that came to my mind to him was man I'm free 
Like, I'm free. Like, I've never been. And I am as rich as I've ever been. And I've had jobs in the in my history, in my past, where I've made a lot more money. And that's not what I was talking about. And I explained it to him. I'm not talking about money. But I'm telling you, like, that's what the Lord put on my heart to tell him in that moment. It was like, man, I am, I've never experienced freedom and being rich ever in my life. Of all the money I've made, I've had, I've had a business that was successful and never. And that's what I could tell you is like, that's what keeps me and what, in that question he was asking, like, that's why I stay a Christian. Cause God gave me the Holy Spirit. And I am more free and rich than I've ever been. And I'll never forget the look on his face was like, huh. <laughs> really? Uh, yeah, dude, that, that was it. But I could tell, like, it, like he had never thought that angle of it. Of, yes, you can you talk about freedom and you can talk about being rich or not rich or poor and all these things, but the reality of what the Lord does for us when we give our lives to him. And it was it, it was powerful in the moment. And so back to the context of that verse one of how it's better to be have a dry morsel tiny little food and the quietness of being in the presence of the Lord and this instead of this big rich house and all the strife that comes with it. Let's jump down to verse three. It says the refining pot is for silver and the furnace of gold. But the Lord tests the hearts. This has got to be one of my favorites. This is when, um, in the New Testament, when it talks like this, I love it, you guys. This is a, a picture that, that we can really wrap our minds around. Burning off impurities to get to the pure. Because part of being a Christian and that aha moment of giving our lives to the Lord is realizing how dirty we are. We have to realize that before we can desire to be clean. So there has to be the process of this, this purifying, getting rid of the impurities. And you know what it takes? Trials. Going through the furnace, going through the fire, the heat. If we look at 1 Peter chapter 1, if you guys want to turn there. I think I got it tomorrow. Yeah. Okay, so first Peter chapter one, um, verse sixty seven is talking about this um this purifying in this um and the um oh the heat in the furnace. But I'm gonna back up a little bit more to verse three here and I'll read it to you. It says Blessed be the God and Father, our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his abundant mercy has begotten us again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled, and that does not fade away, reserved in heaven for you, who are kept by the power of God through faith for salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. Verse 6, In this you greatly rejoice, through for though now for a little while... If need be, you can be grieved, or another word for that, distressed, by various trials, that the genuineness of your faith, being much more precious than gold that perishes, through it is tested by fire, may be found to to praise, honor, and glory the revelation 
of Jesus Christ. We see that in, um, we see it also in Romans 5, you guys. We just went over this a few weeks ago on a Sunday. But I'll read it to you again, Romans 5, verse 3. And not only, we're talking about joys and tribulations. And not only that, but we also glory in tribulations, knowing that tribulation produces perseverance, and perseverance character, and character hope. Now hope does not disappoint, because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. You know, when we, we think about this purification, we can wrap our minds around from it, around it because silver and gold, it gets mined out of the ground. Does it come out like in the cartoons where it's just this beautiful nugget, all shiny? <laughs> no. Like, it's got to be put to the heat, put to the furnace, and it gets so hot that it melts away all the impurities and all the dirt and the yuck and the nasty. You know, it's been said over and over and over, the analogy, and these are just good ones. We can get our minds around it of, of diamonds. It takes how many years of pressure? Just pressure and pressure and pressure to make this. And then then it becomes a diamond, and then what do they have to do? They have to cut it. They have to polish it. They have to do all these things to make this beautiful thing that is beautiful. But, but these hard times, who likes trials? I hate trials. Everybody does. And it's okay to say that. We don't love it. We'd be lying if we said we did love it. Now we can come off the other side of it and say, Praise God, I said Absolutely. But we don't have to love it. When we ask the world about this, what what how can you how does the world explain hardships and trials? Right? They're gonna say that the world that hardship is is good and that it that it builds character. Well, I guess our question to them as Christians is, well, why? <laughs> that easy. Why? Why do you want to build character? What's the need? Why is it necessary? It can't be necessary if it's for self-help and wealth and fame and all that stuff. We look at that. Oh, and I'm not saying all of them, but probably the majority of them with all that health and wealth and, and me and the center of everything. Like, you look at it, and there's plenty of drama in all of that lifestyle. How much character that we just read about that Paul told us in Romans, all those things that produce character, which produces the hope of understanding why we exist, how much character do we see in the... All the rich and the famous. Not all. I'm sorry, guys. Most, right? Okay. How much character do we see in that? So that's the question is, why? Let's break down your answer, like, why this stuff happens. There's no answer. Apart from Christ slash godly wisdom, it all falls apart. And we see that all the time, all around us. As Christians, there's an eternal trust, faith and hope in these times of refinement. The heat. We have hope in that. It keeps us going throughout it. That hope is standing in glory with Christ someday, isn't it? Isn't that, isn't that the hope? So let me ask you this, you guys. 
you think all of this godly wisdom that we're learning about, all this godly wisdom we're talking about, you think that that is just to apply today here on earth? Just for the right now? Will it be useless? Not used in heaven? This wisdom that we're talking about, that we're learning from God. Is it just for the just for now on the earth? <laughs> we're being prepared constantly as Christians for the life to come. And you guys, it will be glorious. It will be amazing. God is doing eternal things. Eternal things. Like, think of these words we're saying. Like, they're bigger than just the word that you hear, right? God's doing eternal things when we are going through this refinement. It's not just... If the end goal is in glory with Christ, it makes no sense that it's just for now. On earth. Doesn't make any sense. Let's look at verse 8. A present is a precious stone in the eyes of its possessor. Whenever he turns, he prospers. I want to read that in the ESV. I want to read this to you guys in the ESV. It says it a little different. It says, verse 8, A bride is like, ma- like a magic stone in the eyes of the one who gives it. Whoever he turns, he prospers. So the Bible just told us, you guys, that it's good to bribe people. And if we're bribing people, we will prosper. That's incredible. That's why we're going to Calvary, right? Look at Roy. He's like, that's what he teaches. You guys, this is the awesome thing about our fellowship, our leadership, the church. We don't take verses like this and run with them, do we? We take the Bible as a whole. This is a good one to remember. When you read that, it contradicts all this other stuff we've been learning about with wisdom. So again, if we read this, back to the, um, the original text here in my Bible, if we read it and we really think about what the words are saying, it kind of does tell us what it's talking about. The present is a precious stone in the eyes of its possessor. Okay, you guys kind of starting to feel what, what we're going to get to here. We, it's self is what we're talking. What that is talking about. It's not biblical wisdom. It's just it's talking about self. Can we get results by taking the bull by the horn and doing it on our own? Yep. We can. You think right? We can. We can get results. We can even get the results that we think we want. Even in conflict, can we get the results that we want if we just I'm gonna I'm gonna do what I want, I'm gonna say what I want, I'm gonna handle this the way I want. Yeah. Absolutely can. I heard it this was listening to a pastor and he gave this example of the topic here. And he said something along the lines of like, I can be mad at somebody, and I can 
I don't want to deal with them anymore. They're stressing me out. I'm tired of them. I can, I have some say in what I do with that. I can never talk to them again. I can, you know, whatever you do on your phone so they can't call you, block your calls. So I, I can take control of that and get what I want out of that situation. But what if God wanted me to repent to them? What if God wanted me to forgive that person? If I just decided right then and there on my own to make my life better in that, <laughs> I guarantee you that I just missed out on what the Lord would have for me and for that person, and the ripple effect goes on forever. We wouldn't know, we wouldn't know that or even know how to go about that because we would have trained ourselves to not be running to the Lord just thinking about self all the time. We've got ourselves trained to just do that. So we, we would have missed the whole boat. We could miss the whole boat. We'd miss Christ's attitude completely. A lot of things in life work, you guys. But those things will eventually work against us. If we don't have godly wisdom, coming back to the, the point of this teaching, godly wisdom. So we can do these things on our own, but it isn't very wise. So when we do things in our own strength, don't we feel like we're getting bigger? But on the contrary, we're actually getting smaller and farther away from Christ. You guys, here's some here's some big book stuff from for you from some AA stuff, and I think it's just it's a great tool that I I will I'll, I've heard it and I think it's amazing. And you have to get to this point of asking yourself. We're talking about how self is not good, right? Do we understand that we need to fire ourselves as personal managers of our lives? <laughs> That's, a, that's AA stuff. That's big book stuff. But it's so true. Are we willing to and ready to always fire ourselves as personal managers of our lives and hire Jesus to be the Lord of our lives? To trust the Lord is being rich and content. The heat, the pressure, the refinement, it's all necessary. It has to happen. Trust the Lord. I think of, I've been trying to think since this morning of how to put this together to make it make sense for this teaching. So if it's a flop, ignore it. I'll give you 20 bucks for the five minutes of your life, you'll never get back. <laughs> but I, I was just thinking about studying this, and, and um, I, uh, I've got this new horse, and, you know, he's he's had a, as far as I can tell, he's had a little bit of a rough past, you know, and um, he doesn't know much of what I do or what we got to do on for work. And yesterday I had to gather a bunch of bulls, and, and I had uh, another guy with me and another horse, and horses will love up to each other, you know, and, and, uh, but I have this authority over him, you know, like he's got to do what I say. And, and, um, I just, I'm not a horse trainer. 
So I screwed up more horses than I've helped. But, um, you know, like I, I just, all day I was kind of fighting him, but I just, Lord and I ride together a lot, and we always pray, like, Lord, before we start, just make me a good horseman. Like, just give me wisdom and patience to be a good horseman, good cattleman. And so I, I do that, and I'm by myself, and people I think I'm weird, like, because I'm, like, I'm like, Hold my horse's head and I'm praying to him, you know, I'm like and in my mind I always think they like let their head down, they listen, you know, I don't know. But and so I am praying that and so I know that I need patience with him. I know I already know he doesn't know anything. I already know a little bit of his past of maybe been whipped on a little bit and and so I'm just like patience, Joe, patience. And he's pushing my patience and he's pushing my patience all day. Oh half a day. And uh and I'm, and uh, you know, and pretty soon I'm getting a little more aggressive, you know, and like at some point you got to learn because I'm the boss and you weigh two, you're twelve hundred pounds and I'm not near that heavy and so you, I got to be the boss, blah blah blah. So uh, I tie him up for the rest of the day, you know, give him some water and stuff, and I tie him up and I go work the rest of the day and I leave him tied all day and just to try to get him to relax and realize like he's got to he's got to be obedient and and so this morning I woke up and I had to go and get another group of bulls gathered and and I had another horse I wanted to ride, I had to go for a while and I thought, no, gosh darn it, I got it. We worked on stuff. You know, I helped this horse study and learn, but we gotta hit it again. I know it. I can just feel it in my bones, the Lord was saying, like, you gotta ride him again tomorrow. And so I alright, so I go and I saddle him, I ride him and and he's way better and I'm just praising the Lord and I'm just like, Yeah, this is what you needed. So I'm done moving bulls, and I'm coming back. I'm just like working with him a little bit, and uh, and a lot of it, some is my fault from the day before, but a lot of it's just his history, what he's been through. But like I want him to stop good, and I'm not a trainer, you guys, but you don't want them to stop on their front shoulders and they bounce real hard. You kind of want them to sit underneath themselves and come to a stop, and, and you want to keep their head down, and all the stuff, and you ask him to do it, and he throw his head up, and and I give him pretty soon. I just give him a pop, you know. And we'll, he throws his head up. Weird, right? And uh, so I'm just working with him, and, and I just felt like the Lord was like, man, just like get him loping around there and get his head picked up and tucked, and then just like feel the pressure, and then and then and I get him to come to a stop like that. And I did it, and he just kept his head down. And I was like, huh, yeah, he did it, you know. And that so that horse taught me because I just got out of my own way. Like, right, I had to, I had this mentality like it's my way or no way because I'm the boss and you're too big and I'm too little so it's got to go. I know I got to have patience, blah, 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 blah. But it, it, like the Lord was just like, do you want wisdom? Maybe you should humble yourself to learn something. Maybe humble yourself that there's another way to do something. And that, the Lord used that horse to show me and then I was just like, I'm a genius. <laughs> Say how good I was after I was so humble in the Lord. Wow. But you know what? There's, so there's a, there's a few things I was trying to think again to formulate this scenario that I went through with this horse today. And another thing I, I thought about was just this um this like obedience, but also this authority. So I have authority over this this animal, and I have to have authority over this animal. But he, I'm sorry, choice, choice and, and authority. But this, like this animal, like he still has to make a choice to to be obedient to me or else, right? And hopefully, it never goes to this extreme thing. But like, if you're thinking about our lives, it's this beautiful thing. Like, 
choice. It's so beautiful. And, and sometimes we don't understand it. Sometimes the world doesn't understand it. Um, but like, we have a God that is authority, that has authority over us, but it's such this amazing, beautiful love that He gave us choice. So can we do it the easy way or the hard way? Can, can we be obedient and just do what I'm asked instead of trying to be next to the other horse all day and then, you know, my, the, the boss is mad at me all the time and then I gotta go and I gotta stand all day and it's hot and, and to get to this realization to be obedient. I don't know if that's, that's painted a very good picture, but it, I just saw this through this, me and this horse yesterday and today, and I just thought, man, that's an image. When we're talking about biblical wisdom, is understanding how beautiful this choice is that God gave us, so that we're not robots, we're not puppeteers. You know, he's not a puppeteer, we're puppets. And But we have an obedient, just God that is saying, hey, just cup your head, Keep your head down, put your butt under you, and stop. <laughs> right? Instead of throwing your head up and getting jerked around and this and that and running backwards or whatever it is. It's just a beautiful image, you guys. So I just would leave you with that. I would leave you guys with that. That It's a beautiful thing that we have choice, whether it goes our way or not. We're talking about wisdom, biblical wisdom, and choosing that biblical wisdom. That the Proverbs are just coaching us through just verse after verse after verse after verse. So I'll leave you with that, you guys. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, I just thank you so much for the people that would come, your body, Lord. And when we're alone, we can't we can't be the bride of Christ. We can't be your body, God. So I just I, I praise you and thank you for the people that you gather together to to desire to have your wisdom, God. So I ask that you would please just give us your wisdom. Thank you for the for choice, God, but also would you give us a mind to be obedient and want to know easy wisdom so we don't have to go through the, the fall downs and the hurts and the and the just bad decisions, God. We just love you, Jesus. We pray that you would continue to do work in us the rest of the week. And we will represent you well, God, in all that we do. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen.